You're listening to the Adventures in Cakeland podcast. This podcast is designed to share my experience of running a part-time cake business to help you run yours. Welcome back to another podcast episode. So how are you doing? How's your week been? So as I'm recording this, I'm getting ready to do some cakes for later this week. Um, birthday cakes are going out and it's mid-November at the moment. So we're on a sleigh ride down to Christmas and I'm a bit excited because this year I decided I wasn't doing any massive Christmas promotion. And so I'm going to have all this time on my hands to maybe do just some simple family baking and go out and enjoy the run up to Christmas. So I am quite excited about that, actually. So I can catch up with some podcast episodes. But I hope if you are planning your promotion that you've got it advertised and you're getting the sales in and that everything is going to plan. So in this episode, um, I'm going to talk about running a side hustle. So when we were speaking to Natasha in episode three, um, one thing that really stood out is she's got some big projects on. She does coaching and she has an app and obviously she has a family as well. And when you're running a side hustle business, a part-time business, your time is so precious. And she mentioned that she gets up at 330 And that's very early start. So I thought I'm going to share because obviously this podcast is Adventures in Cakeland and it is about running a part-time social business. So I just wanted to share a typical day in the life of moi and me running my side hustle. So an average day for me will start about 6, 6.30. So I wake up at 6 o'clock and if I'm feeling energetic, I will go to the gym. I know you're thinking, what are you on about? But yes, I will go to the gym because I'm very aware that my health and well-being is just as important as work. And so I try to schedule in some me time in every day. Now, if I'm baking after work, I don't have time to go to the gym. So sometimes I try to fit it in before. And my gym is only like five to seven minutes away in the car and it opens at 6.30. So sometimes I'm outside waiting for the gym to open so I can get in do a quick 30-minute workout, and then I jump back in the car, I go back home, and I start getting ready for work. And then I leave out my home about 8 o'clock, well, about 10 to 8, 8 o'clock, to get to work for 8.30, and I'll work till 4.30. And then I'll get home for about 5, and then I like to chill out for 30 minutes and think about what I'm going to do, have a cup of something warm, or get in the garden, watch the chase for half an hour. And then very strictly, I start in my kitchen at 5.30 and I work till 7.30. Now, that hasn't always been the way. Um, I have started later and worked later. And the reason why I start at 5.30 and it's such a quick turnaround from finishing work is that I want to get in and I want to get out. I want to be able to enjoy the rest of my evening and wind down so I can go out if I want to, go in the garden if I want to, just chill out if I want to but this was born out of me working too late working till 10 11 11 30 and being tired for work so I had to make that little subtle tweak in the business and one of the ways I was able to do that was switching from making sugar paste cakes to buttercream and ganache which for me is so much faster and so that was one of the things and as I'm going through my list um A lot of the little tweaks that I've made in the business, all these are born out of um, experience of working as I am, 
but it not really working out for me or me noticing that there's a problem. I.e. I'm too tired or I'm not being productive enough. So every little tweak is born out of an experience. So me starting at 5.30 and finishing at 7.30 was born out of the fact that I was working too late. I was starting in the kitchen at 7 and then I was working till 10, 11, 11.30 and that's not just good for anybody. So that is my first thing that I do. So I've spoke about briefly about changing the hours that I work, which is very important for my health and well-being. And so the second thing that I did, and I've just briefly spoke about it, was change the style of cake. Now, in my earlier work, I used to use a lot of sugar paste. And so I was doing a lot of themed style cakes. And you might see that on the um, Adventures in Podcast page, I did a reel showing my transition from what I was doing to what I'm doing now. But they're very time consuming, especially doing lots of modelling work. So if you're a cake maker that does a lot of sculpting on modelling, you'll know that it's time consuming. And you have to charge accordingly, of course you do, but it is very time consuming. But what what I realised, it was taking up a lot of my evening. I wasn't enjoying it as much. And so I had to make that shift. And buttercream and ganache star cakes is more within my niche, I feel, and I'm enjoying it more. And like I said, it's a very quick turnaround. I can, you know, once I've baked a cake and I've, to fill it and decorate it, it can take me about two and a half hours, super fast. I do tend to work like a well-oiled machine, if I'm honest. But that was the other thing that I did, was change the style of cake and move away from sugar paste to more buttercream and ganache. So the third thing is I have to be really strict with my boundaries. Now, I'm going to have I'm gonna do a podcast episode about um, supplying coffee shops because that is something that I've done. And me setting firm boundaries was born out of supplying coffee shops because that experience of um, supplying coffee shops and doing a full-time job was not to be played with. It was hard work. And some of the businesses that I was supplying got the boundaries all twisted. They, They didn't see any. They were ringing me at all hours, emailing me at all hours, and something had to give. And because of that is why I have such strict boundaries in my business. So some examples of what I mean by boundaries is that on my website, one of the first things you see on the homepage is my operational hours. I'm open from Tuesday to Saturday and then I'll give the hours that I'm open. Now, I'm not a shop. I don't even have like a warehouse or anything. But these are the hours that I'm contactable and that I will be working Um I close at six, so that means I'm not checking any emails after a certain time. So I have to put those firm boundaries in. Um, Regarding days off, I don't work on a Monday because Monday is my admin day. And that's when I tend to do a lot of quotes and send out invoices. And I do share that information on my Instagram stories. So my customers know when I'm doing my admin And the other day off is Sunday, which is my non-negotiable day off. I don't bake. I don't do invoices. I might record a podcast because obviously I have to, if I've got a guest, that might be the only time they can do it. But I do very little cake work. That is my self-care day. Go out for a walk, eat croissants, have a bath in the afternoon, go in the garden, catch up with family and friends. My absolute non-negotiable. Now, That decision was born out of the fact that I was open on a Sunday and I was open on a Monday. I would deliver cakes on a Monday. So that meant I had to work on a Sunday and I resented it. 
open and transparent. I hated working on a Sunday. So I thought something's got to give. And so the amount of times I do deliver cakes on a Monday, it's a handful, less than five times. So I could afford to sacrifice that day for admin and then definitely sacrifice Sundays for my non-negotiable day off. And it's not a day that I play with at all. So there you go. There's, there's that day. One of the things that was a, a bit of a game changer for me is my shopping. So shopping for supplies, basically. So I do a lot of shopping for supplies online, like we all do. And I get them delivered to um, to my home, etc. But one of the things that I don't do is shop on the day that I'm baking. Because I start really early, 5.30, and I want to be out the kitchen by half seven, eight o'clock the latest, I do not want to be shopping on the day that I'm baking because that's eating into my precious baking time. So if I need ingredients, I buy them on a Saturday afternoon, Sunday if I must, or a Monday, but definitely not on a baking day because I need to get in from work, I need to unwind for a little bit, and then I need to work, and the sooner I work, the sooner I'm out of the kitchen. And that's how I've got to do it because I don't want to be in the kitchen at eight o'clock. And I find that I, I am getting tired because I do start early as well. So that is definitely one tip I would do. Don't shop for ingredients on the day that you're baking because it basically just eats into your time. So I'm just a small business. I'm not no Amazon. But one of the things that I wanted to try and do was make the ordering process for the customer as easy as possible. And this is one area that I'm constantly looking at. So I've got a website and on that website, you can order a cake and you can order cupcakes. What you can't do, however, is pay for it through the website because that's one thing that I need to control a bit firmer um, because I might not be able to deliver on a certain day or make cakes on a certain day. So I don't want customers paying for cakes and then I can't deliver to you on that day so what I tend to do is um, I wanted a three-step process and I don't know whether I've actually researched this but I wanted from you ordering your cake to getting your invoice it to be as quick and seamless and easy as possible and again this decision is born out of saving time for the customer and saving time for myself so for example if you, if I got an email for a cake and it would be say, hey, Yvonne, um, I want a cake for the 25th of June. Are you available? Can you do this cake? And I have to look through my calendar, see that I'm available, email them back, and then ask them, okay, yes, I am available. So um, what theme are you looking for? Is there a colour palette that you like? Ask all these questions and then they'll email back. And then I'll do the quote and then I'll email back and then they'll email me again to say yes. So there's about five or six steps there. And what I found is that I needed to save the customer time. I just felt really quite passionate about it, actually. So I thought there's got to be a way that's going to alleviate a process where they're asking me for a cake quote in the first place. So I have my website on the Wix platform. And I know it's a very popular website along with WordPress. And one of the little add-ons you can have is a calendar. And so I turned it into an availability calendar. So what I will do, I will look at my bookings for the week and the month. And any days that I'm unavailable or if I'm fully booked, I will mark this on the availability calendar. And then what I'll do on the contacts page, 
there's a little note saying to please check the date before you submit the contacts form. And also on Facebook, the DMs, which I don't use Facebook as much as I do Instagram, but if a customer should DM me for a cake, I've got an autoresponder. And that autoresponder is literally sending you back to the website to um, email me. One, I can keep all the emails in one place. Two, Facebook DMs are so unreliable. The amount of times you can get locked out of them. And also it separates people that are just not really interested in the cake, people that are a bit more serious. They will actually go to the effort of emailing you. So I, um, I would like to send people back to um, my website to fill in as much information as possible, as well as check the availability calendar. Now, if you check the availability calendar and I'm fully booked, then there's no point emailing me because I'm not available. And I did have a situation where um, I must have been recommended by somebody and they called me for a cake and they actually said that they checked the availability calendar, but was there any availability? And I was like, sorry, there's no there's no availability. So, um, so the customers can check if I'm free. If I am free, then they have to complete a form. Now, it's not a small form. I need your contact details. I need to know the date of delivery, the area for delivery. I want to know what you want on your cake, whether you want cupcakes, whether you want sugar paste. Whether you, I want as much information as possible because I want to work on this quote and email you back with the information that you can make an informed decision. So basically, so we've eliminated one section, check the availability calendar. If I'm not available, then you don't need to proceed any further. If I am available, you'll complete the contacts form. I'll get back to you with a quote. If you're happy, you pay. Three steps. I just wanted to make it as seamless as possible. And like I said before, that is literally born out of the to and fro of emails and me being very conscious of, you know, I could be wasting the customer's time. My time is precious as well. So we just wanted to make it as seamless and as easy as possible. So obviously, I like to plan ahead. You've got to plan, especially because I'm working. I have to um, make sure that I don't forget an order. And um, in my kitchen, I have a small whiteboard, which is a Monday to Sunday whiteboard. I have a calendar and I have uh, order forms and I have a weekly planner book. Now, I know that sounds a lot, but I'm just going to explain how I use them. So my calendar is a quick glimpse for the month to see what cakes I've got booked in and what days. So that is literally looking at it in a flash and seeing, yes, I've got a cake on this week. I know where I am. The little whiteboard that I've got is something that I had before I've got my weekly planner. So the whiteboard is me literally planning out each cake and what I'm going to do on each day. So Monday, bake, Tuesday, cover, um, Wednesday, finish, Thursday, deliver. So that was something that I've had in my kitchen for years. But because I like to write a list, I actually have a weekly planner that I created and I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And literally, I plan out my week and I plan out in more detail. So from the whiteboard, I'm planning out, yes, I've got to make um, four times six inch vanilla cakes. I need to make a kilo of vanilla buttercream. I need to make a kilo of milk chocolate buttercream. 
I've got a box of 12 cupcakes in a single flavour Snickers to bake. So I literally break down then what cakes I'm doing and I get a highlighter and with great pleasure I cross everything out. And that is one of the things that I do. I really have to take the time to plan what cakes I've got on order and how I'm going to work for the week. Because if I don't, if I if I plan it out, everything will go smoothly. If I don't, things won't go smoothly. And have I ever forgotten a cake? Yes. Yes and no. And I'll say yes, well, no. Yes, I have forgotten a cake on two occasions. The first one, I got a... a a message, an email on a Saturday night. This is going back years and the customer will never know who it is. Um, got a message on a Saturday. Hi, is everything okay to um, collect the cake on Monday, get the cake delivered on Monday? I was like, um, sure, yeah, fine. Came, looked and like, oh my God, there's a cake that's going to go out Monday and it's Saturday night. Have I got everything in? And I did it and it was amazing and I did that. The second time I forgot a cake, this was a combination of um, miscommunication and I did something, I tweaked it and again that was born out of this situation. I had a customer that was ordering some cupcakes, um, I sent the quote, I didn't hear from them. Um, no, I sent an invoice actually, I didn't hear from them, I assume they didn't want to proceed. They went on to actually pay the invoice into my business account my business uh, account didn't notify me that there was money in there. And on this particular date, I didn't check. Two days later, I get an email. Hi, what time are you delivering the cakes? This She emailed me on the day that I was supposed to be delivering the cakes. Luckily, I had some cupcakes and I was able to deliver. Born out of that situation, I now have a reminder on my phone that goes off at six o'clock every evening. And it literally says, check business account. Just to make sure, because I I, I use um, Barclays and for some reason it doesn't notify me when funds have gone into my account. So born out of that situation, I now have a reminder on my phone to remind me to check my business account to see if any funds have gone in just to make sure that everything's okay. Now, like I said, all these situations of helping me run my side hustle business a long time before time job. It is not the easiest thing to do, but I feel like it's only now that I'm getting to a place where I can confidently say that I'm running my business quite smoothly. The other thing that I do as well is limit how many orders that I will take on. So I took some time to figure out what I wanted to earn in a month or a week from cakes. And once I decided how much I wanted to earn, I equated how many cakes I would have to make or how many boxes of cupcakes I would have to make. And that would determine how many orders I take on. So I will take on between two to three a push celebration cakes a week and maybe a couple of boxes of cupcakes. Say two celebration cakes and two boxes of cupcakes. Once I reach that quota, I put it on my availability tracker, availability tracker sorry, that I am fully booked because I know that I can't push myself to get any more in. And also... It's not just a fact of the 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 money side, it's the time. So I'm spending roughly, what, 10 hours a week working on my business. So if it's half five till half seven, that's two hours a night. Half five, half six, five. yeah, two hours a night from Tuesday to Friday, maybe Saturday. So that's two, four, six, eight, 
yesterday. Yeah, 10 hours including Saturday. And um, that is how much I'm prepared to work in my business. So if I'm prepared to work 10 hours in my business, then I'm going to spend this amount of time making cakes and that's it. And again, this is born out of me just taking cakes on at all hours, taking on orders of varying quantities and difficulties and all sorts and working far too hard and far too long. And I've had to um, really think about what I'm doing. And when the pandemic happened, like a lot of people, it really made me wake up and realise, actually, as much as I love my business and I love it, I'm not prepared to work so hard in it all the time. It's just not worth it. My well-being's better. I want to go out. I want to see friends. I want to live my life and go on holidays and do stuff. I don't want to be have my business to take to me every part of my business. So I hope that gives you a little bit of insight into how I operate. And if you've got any hints and tips, um, please feel free to share on the um, the Instagram page. I do have a Facebook page for the podcast, but I need to give that more attention. But yeah, I hope that um, gives you a bit of insight in how I do it and how strict I have to be with my time. So I thought it would be fun to share some of my baking books. Now, I love a baking book. I read them like a novel. I love connecting with them. Some of them I've baked out of, some of them I haven't, some of them I've really enjoyed, some of them I haven't. So um, I thought I'd just share um, some books off my shelf, basically. So the first one that I'm going to share, and I recommend this book to anybody, is called The Flavour Thesaurus. And it's by an author called Nikki Segnet. I think I've pronounced her name right. You have to excuse me if I don't. And basically, it's a thesaurus of flavour pairings to help you create recipes. And what it does, it breaks down food into different categories. So we have bramble and hedge, and that breaks it down into your herbs. So you've got rosemary, sage, juniper, thyme and mint, blackberries and blackcurrants. You might have floral and fruity, which is fig, rose, um, blueberry, coriander seed, vanilla. You have earthy, mushroom, aubergine, cumin. And what it does, it takes each of these recipe components and suggest, makes suggestions of what to pair them with. So it's not just for baking. It's got nothing to do with baking. It's basically all food groups, but I like it because I love flavour. And so pairing it with some unusual, you know, chocolate and avocado. Um, We have the bacon and maple because we've got the salty sweet, pineapple and chilli. These are flavours that I've actually made. But looking in the book, you get just little bits of inspiration of what you can pair flavours with. Now, it might go down well with your customers regarding your bakes. It might not, but I think it's a really handy resource. And I actually came across this book. It was, gosh, many years ago, because I think I've actually written a blog post about it. But it was a programme that I was watching. And in the UK, it's called Sunday Brunch. It comes on a Sunday, obviously, and between 9.30 and 12.30. And they actually had the author on, and I was watching it. I thought, what an amazing book. I literally ordered it straight away off Amazon, and I absolutely love it. It's so resourceful in helping you to pair flavours. So that is my recommendation, which I love, and it's called the Flavour Thesaurus. So until next time, bye.